Good morning. How is everybody? Y'all keeping cool? No, not at all. I heard one person say yes. I am not keeping cool. I don't work in a place that has air conditioning. And yeah, it's lovely. Um, my name's Mike. If you don't know me yet, uh, I, I'm, I'm here. I, I used to say I'm the youth minister. I'm not anymore. I work with adults here now. Um, I want to welcome you to Greater Alton this morning. It's nice and cool in here. Thank Jesus for air conditioning because he made the guy who created air conditioning. Um, welcome. We, uh, as a church, we welcome you. If you're a guest here, sit down, relax. Hopefully God has something to give you this morning through me if, uh, as I stumble through my words. Uh, there's a few things going on at Greater Alton that I want to let you know about. Um, first, coming up is our annual marriage retreat. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, if you haven't signed up yet for that, please do. It's going to be a great time. Something else that is coming up today is the last day to sign your uh, students, middle school, high school, up for Jumpstart Youth Rally. That's coming up. We're going down to Neosho, Missouri. The theme is Star Wars. Uh, the, I was approached by a young lady at camp uh, during junior high week a few about a month ago she saw a picture of me wearing a mandalorian helmet because i'm that guy i go to battle hawks games wearing a mandalorian helmet and she's like you have to come to jumpstart i go what she goes you have to come to jumpstart it's all star wars themed, and you got to wear that i'm like done i have no shame um so today is the last day to sign up for that because we have to let them know by tomorrow that who's coming and what housing we need to have uh also coming up next saturday is the pop-up market yeah where we the youth ministry is raising money for the special contribution coming up and this is the way they're doing it people are bringing stuff for them to sell and the money goes to the special contribution which i keep forgetting to bring my stuff to you it's still sitting in my kitchen um uh, that's coming up. Also, today, our high schoolers came back yesterday, and today's their first day back in civilization. They came back from camp. So if you see a high schooler, and they look like this. But, yeah, I mean, that is, but it's even more, like, or a counselor. Yeah, I see you. I see you. You're alive. Uh, my wife got back yesterday. By the way, I don't sleep when my wife isn't home, so it was a long week for me. Yeah, I'm sure you do. It's like, I don't. I slept so good last night. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. But, uh, pray for your, pray for your high schoolers and your counselors that came back that they may rest up because God's gonna put them to work tomorrow. Um, that happened. Also, one more thing before we jump into this lesson. Today is Danielle's birthday. I see you back there. Danielle was a camper when I directed camp. I'm old. How old are you now? Like 20? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, you're not. Oh, I'm so old. <sighs> okay. Anyway, happy birthday, Danny. Um, yay. Uh, we're in a, a sermon series called Foolproof, and we've been looking at the book of Proverbs. Um, I love scripture that it calls us fools. Um, I, when I read scripture, do you guys read scripture like Jesus is actually talking to you? Like, whoa. Like, I just see Jesus look at me and I'm reading it. And he's like, dude, come on now. I know that some of you might think that's sacrilegious, but that's how Jesus talks to me. He's like, quit being a fool. Quit being dumb. Quit being stupid. That's how Jesus talks to me. And I love that we're looking at the book of Proverbs because it calls us fools. How many times have you been a fool in your life? You don't have to tell me. Just think about it. I know I've been a fool a lot. A lot. Um, and I will own up to that. I've been very foolish. Uh, but I've really enjoyed this sermon series, getting to look at the different topics that Proverbs talks about in our lives. For the next two weeks, we're going to talk about how we work. Um, today, you can see the title up there. It's the foolproof way to get fired. I'm going to talk about what scripture says about being a poor worker. Next week, we're going to talk about being a good worker. See how I did that? Look at that. Two sermons, one idea of just the opposite. It's great. Um, let's look at this first passage. Uh, it's in the very beginning of the book. It's Proverbs 1, chapter 1, verse 7. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. 
Do you guys fear God? And, and I don't mean that like I'm going to get a whooping if I step out of line. Fear is in respect. Fear is in trust. Do you guys fear? Do you love? Do you trust? Do you respect your creator? And do you do that with your job? Do you think in that way? Like God has blessed me with this job. And some of you are like, Mike, I don't have a job. God hasn't blessed me. Well, God has given you something to do. Do you trust God with that task that he has given you? Do you think in that those terms? I don't always think that way. I don't always think, like, God has blessed me with this job. God has blessed me with this opportunity. God has blessed me with this thing to do. And I'm going to trust God. I'm going to respect God. I'm going to love God for this responsibility. I don't often... I, I, like I said, I'm guilty of this. And I, I tell you often when I'm up here that the things I talk about, the points I make, are the things I struggle with. So I'm not talking up here... Like, I have this all together. I don't. This is, these are struggles for me. Um, in my notes, I have one word underlined a lot, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But do you guys fear the Lord? And that's the beginning of knowledge. If I want to be a wise worker, I need to trust God. He's going to give me the knowledge I need for my job. He's going to give me what I need to do the thing he has given me to do. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Today we're going to discuss what Proverbs says about being an unwise worker, about being a fool when it comes to our jobs, when it comes to our work. And I don't own the business that I work at. Uh, I, I'm nowhere near owning that business. But I am responsible for a department. I am in, I'm a boss. I'm in charge of a department. I work for a sheet metal company. Um, I run the... the the brake press department, we take flat sheets of metal and we form them to what the customer needs. And that's, I, I love my job. I love my job. I didn't think I was going to like my job. I worked at a restaurant. I was running a restaurant for a while and Cassie and I wanted to start a family and working a restaurant job that wasn't giving me full-time hours, wasn't going to allow me to have a family. So I had to switch, switch careers. And the job I have now was supposed to be a temporary job until I graduated college and got my real job. And I fell in love with my job. I didn't know I was going to fall in love with my job. But I got to, I get to run heavy machinery. I get to build stuff. I get to learn things. And I love it. God has blessed me with this job. And as I advanced, I got responsibility. I, uh, I was given charge of a department. And at first I was given charge of more, but I couldn't there was too much. So right now I run a brake press department. I'm in charge of 10 to 15 guys, depending on the day, sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on who shows up and who needs a job. And as a boss, there are some things that really irk me like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like I have to ask for forgiveness for the things that happen in my brain a lot. Like I said, I'm not perfect. I have thoughts in my head. They don't come out. They don't come out of my mouth. Cassie has really helped me with my filter. They stay inside, those inside thoughts. But I still got to talk. I still got to confess to Jesus. I thought some bad thoughts about that person. And that happens a lot because I get really irked. See, I was raised a certain way. I was, I was raised to work hard. Um, when I first got the job I have now, my dad was my boss. And some of you are like, oh, you had it made. If you know my dad, and some of you have met my dad, I had the opposite. In fact, three weeks into working there, one of the older guys came up to me. And he's like, can I talk to you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. He's like, I have to apologize to you. I go, for what? He's like, we all thought you were going to get shown all this favoritism and that you were going to have it made in the shade your dad dumps on you like you get yelled at all the time and you get the worst jobs and you can't even and when you say anything you get yelled at i'm like well, that's just the way i was that's just the way we grow up dad that's how dad treated us at home no that's man you have to work twice as hard as the rest of us i was like well thank you for noticing i appreciate that my dad is no longer my boss. He had to retire. And my job got significantly better once my dad retired. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I got responsibility 
I'm going to brag for a minute, humble brag. I got responsibility taken away from me when my dad retired, and I got a raise. Figure that one out. Oh, my gosh. God has really blessed me. I'm just putting that out there. But the things that irk me, I've noticed irk God too. Things that make me upset in the work environment, the work situation, upset God too. And we're going to talk about some of those today. So how do I fool around and get fired? How do I fool around and get fired? Well, number one, I don't show up. A good way to get fired is I don't show up. Proverbs number uh, chapter 10, verse 26. It says, lazy people irritate their employers. Like vinegar to the teeth or smoke in the eyes. Proverbs twenty thirteen. If you love sleep, you will end in poverty. Keep your eyes open, and there will be plenty to eat. Proverbs six nine through eleven says, "But you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber." I told you there's a, a a word that I have underlined in all my notes. It's a word I struggle with. Lazy. Lazy bones. Sloth. All those words, I underline those. Because I have a tendency to not want to do stuff. I have a tendency, once I'm comfortable, I ain't moving. And it's... Can I be real? This last week, I work in a shop where our cool air comes from the black asphalt. All of our machines exhaust into the shop. We have no air conditioning. It was 118 degrees at my desk the other day. I didn't want to be there. <laughs> I really didn't want to. And, I, and on top of that, I've been dealing with this cold. I've been trying to kick this cold for a while. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Now, I didn't say that. I worked hard. But in my head, I wanted to go home. I wanted to take a cold shower, and I wanted to lay on the couch in the basement. That's what I wanted to do. I struggle with wanting to be lazy. I struggle with not wanting to show up. Now, um, I, I never don't show up because I, I, I can't. I, it's just in my DNA. I have to be at work. I have to work hard. If I'm not half an hour early, I'm late because my whole day will be all screwed up because I'm trying to get the day ready. But I don't want to sometimes. How many of us here have worked with somebody who was surprised when they got fired because they weren't showing up? Just a few months ago, we had a couple of guys get laid off because they were coming in late. They were leaving early. They were calling off. And we have a point-based system where you can call off and rack up points. And they get the paperwork that says, hey, you have this many points right now. You're in point trouble right now. You're in point trouble right now. And when it's time to come that they get fired, they're like, why am I getting fired? Because you weren't here. You stopped showing up. And we also have those guys that somehow make it through, find the loopholes, and don't get fired. And that irks me too. I'm like, oh my gosh, why is this guy even here? Why do we even need him? I see some of you shaking your heads. You're right there with me. The foolproof way to get fired. Number one, don't show up. Proverbs talks a lot about showing up and doing your job. Now it might be, a, it talks a lot about sleeping. It talks a lot about sleeping. Just, you can read into that, that they're not showing up, right? They're not doing their work. It's everywhere in the book of Proverbs. So if I want to get fired, I just stop showing up. Another way, another foolproof way to get fired. How do you fool around and get fired? Number two, you do nothing. You've all had those coworkers too, where even though they were there, they didn't do anything. I think of, uh, <laughs> think of office space. That guy just showed up and did nothing and somehow didn't get fired. And it's funny because he's the hero of the movie, but in real life, I've been so upset with that guy. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm going to need those TPS reports. Yeah, that's just not going to work for me. Oh my gosh, I'd be so upset. I can't. There's no way I could work in an office. I have to be doing something with my hands all the time. But if I, if I want to get fired, I just stop doing my job. Yeah, I could show up. But if I just show up, clock in and sit down, I'm not going to have a job very long. Look at what Proverbs says. Proverbs 21 verse 25. It says, despite their desires, the lazy will come to ruin for their hands refuse to work. Proverbs 24, 33 through 34 says, A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and the poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. I don't do anything. I'm not going to get anything. I'm not going to get anywhere. (laughs) Proverbs is all about working hard. But if I want to get fired, I just stop. Stop. I, again... As a boss, why aren't you working? (laughs) What are you doing? We we have, uh, in my shop, we have departments. So we got the brake press department. We got welding department. We got the punch presses, the turret presses. We got the lasers. We got the shear. And they're all different areas spread out. Every once in a while, I'll catch one of my brake press department guys back in welding. Or I'll catch the laser operator over at the brake press department. Why are you here? The other day, I told somebody, get to get back to work. And my brake press operator was like, I'm at my brake press running it. I go, no, him. Oh, he's not your employee. He's not in your department. Then why is he standing right here? And the guy went, oh. <laughs> and he walked away. I'm like, ah. I think, I think my problem is, is I expect people to work as if they're working for the Lord And most of them don't know who Jesus is. As hard as I've tried to talk to them about Jesus, nothing's sunk in yet. Still working on it. Still working on it. But if I want to get fired, yeah, I could show up. But if I do nothing, I'm going to get fired. I want to take a moment here real quick. There is a difference between laziness and rest. Today, I, I asked our small group, our adult small group, I, I said, hey, we need to cancel group today. I've been fighting this cold. It's been hot. Cassie just got back from camp. I had, I, I took three middle school girls to a Cardinals game Friday night, and I had a blast. But let me tell you what, that took it out of me. <laughs> it was fun, but I was tired. Um, so it's like the perfect storm of, I need a day off. I need a day off. And so that's what I'm doing today. This afternoon, I'm going to eat some lunch. I'm going to watch the F1 race that I haven't watched yet. And I'm going to make sure the couch doesn't move for a little bit. Because I need rest. That's different than lazy. God commands us to rest. God commands us to rest. He doesn't command us to be lazy. And there's a difference. And that difference looks different for everybody. I can't tell you what what your lazy and your rest looks like. My lazy and my rest are different. I can rest and, and be smoking meat or cooking. Cooking is restful for me. Cooking is stressful for my wife. Cooking is not rest for Cassie. Cooking is rest for me. Watching a good movie is restful for me. Some of you can't just lay there and watch a movie. It's a different right? So laziness, it's just not working. It's not doing what you're supposed to be doing, but rest looks different for all of us. And I want to encourage you. God has commanded us to rest. If you're not taking time to rest, you're not obeying God. Figure out how to get rest in your schedule, in your life, and it will bless you. It will bless you. My problem is, is sometimes my rest becomes laziness. Like I said, I get comfortable and I don't want to move. I have to, luckily I have a wife who kicks me and pokes me and prods me and, and I love her for that. But I want to make that clear. There is a difference between laziness and rest. <clears throat> Another way we can fool around and get fired is do something else. 
Just do something else. Do something other than the task you were assigned. How many of you in your place of business get assignments? Everybody you work with gets assignments. And all of a sudden, one of your coworkers is doing something else. Um, it, 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 again, I'm a boss. So I see this stuff like I'll, every morning I tell the guys, this is what you're doing. This is here where you're going on the machines. I'll take little post-it notes and I'll write job numbers. I'm like, here's your list. This is what I want you to do. And they're like, okay. And then I'll see, I'll go get a job from the laser and it's only halfway cut. And they just decided to stop cutting that job and start cutting another job. Or I'll, I'll look back in welding and the guy who's supposed to be welding is sweeping the floor. I'm like, why are you sweeping the floor? Well, I didn't want to do that right now. Just get back, get back to work. Do what you're supposed to do. It's, it's not that hard. Our job isn't that hard. You, all you gotta do is put two pieces of metal together and make sure the dimensions are right. That's what you signed up for. Yeah, but it's kind of hot. You knew that coming into the job. Stop doing something else. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4, it says, Those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. Do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. And you're going to receive a blessing. Don't do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. You ain't going to have any food, is what God's telling us. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, you're not going to get what you need when you need it. Dave Ramsey says something that reminds me of this. Live like no one else now, so later you can live like no one else. And what he means by that is if you live, I guess frugal is the right way. If you do what, do what you're supposed to do with your money now, later, when other people are stressing out about money because they blew all their money 20 years ago, you're you're set and they're worried. And that hits me hard because I like spending money. I love spending money. Spending money is fun. But Cassie and I had a conversation the other day and she's like 15 years away from retirement. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> she's got this plan too, by the way. She's doing what she's doing what she has to do now, so later in life. She can do what she wants to do. And what she wants to do is be a greeter at Bush Stadium during the summer and at the Enterprise Center during the winter. So she gets to go to the cards games and the blues games and gets paid for it. She's got this genius plan for her, like, her hobby, her interests, because she's doing what she wants to do now, or she has to do now, so she can do what she wants to do later. I'm like, that's genius. She goes, yeah, but you're never going to get to retire. I go, you're right. I'm never going to get to retire. Retirement is the grave. Oh my gosh. Proverbs 21-25 says, A lazy person's desire for sleep will kill him because he refuses to work. I like sleeping, but I also like eating. And when my alarm goes off at 5.30 in the morning to go to work, I have to remember I like to eat. My children like to eat. My daughter Cara got a little dose this this week of of work with me, and I'm very proud of her. I told her, if you pop up when I say it's time to get up, I will stop by QT on the way to work and get you a donut. And she said, okay. She's like, how long will I have to get ready? I go, I wake up 10 minutes before I have to walk out the door. She's like, what? I go, I wake up, I go to the bathroom, I brush my teeth, I get dressed, I walk out the door. I will wake you up before I brush my teeth. Okay. And I, I get up, went to the bathroom, go to her room. I was like, knock, knock, knock. Hey, it's time to get up. Okay, Dad. Okay. Whew. And I could see in her eyes, it's still dark. <laughs> yeah, I hate getting up before the sun too. But she did. Two days this week. She popped right up. So two days I had to go to QT and spend $11 on a donut and a Nesquik for her and a sandwich and a coffee for me. Because if I'm splurging on her, I'm going to splurge on me too. And because normally my routine is I get up and I wake up at work because I'm autopilot. Y'all, okay, nobody else here goes on autopilot on their drive to work. Thank you. Yeah, 
So it's like, there are mornings, I don't know how I got to work. Um, but like I walk in, I clock in because Jesus loves me. I get to clock in and then make the coffee and have my quiet time while the coffee's brewing. Yes, Jesus pays me to read the Bible. It's beautiful. And then I drink my coffee and I walk around the shop and find all the stuff for the day. And then the guys start showing up and by then I'm awake and it's great. But I got to splurge. I got to have QT coffee, which is subpar compared to mine, but I got to have a sandwich. So that was great. But Carb hopped right up and we got up and we went to work two days this week. Um, it was great. She got spoiled in the office. I'm like, you were supposed to work. I am working. I'm making sure the chair doesn't move. <sighs> but if we don't do what we're supposed to be doing, chances are we're not going to have that job anymore. Right? And, and I see you all shaking your head. You've all had that coworker or that employee that you were constantly like, why are you not at your desk? Or why are you not at your station? Even in fast food, I've seen, I've never worked a fast food job. Thank you, Jesus. I've worked in restaurants. It's similar. But I've even been at McDonald's and like nobody's at the window to take my money. And I hear through the window, why are you not back there at the window? Oh my God. It's everywhere. It's not just my job. I know that. Or even in our homes. You give your kids something to do. Hey, go put the dishes away. And you find them downstairs playing a video game. Dishes aren't put away. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. They're all sitting on the counter. Well, they're not on the counter by the sink. They're not in the cabinet. Well, yeah, I, I can't reach up there. Yes, you can. You can. You got those cups down. <laughs> it's everywhere, right? But it's not just other people. There are times in my life where I'm the fool and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm sometimes the fool. It's not everybody else. Again, I keep telling you, I'm these 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 hit home. There's so many times where I'm not doing the thing I'm supposed to be doing. And can I tell you this? In those moments in your life, that's when you're in danger. Bible says sin is crouching at your door. If we're going to be fools, we're going to invite sin into our lives. If we're doing the things we're not supposed to be doing, we're going to start doing the things we're not supposed to be doing. So I can do something else. That's a good way to get fired. And I love looking at Scripture and seeing the stories of people doing things opposite of what God told them to do. The the big number one that comes to mind Jonah. Hey, I want you to go here. Okay. He went the opposite direction. And he got swallowed by a whale. So if you don't want to get swallowed by a whale, not a whale, fish, I know. Whales can't swallow people. But we run that risk. We run that risk of bad things happening in our life because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. And I'm talking about more than getting fired. Another way to fool around and get fired is I'm unwilling to learn. Be unwilling to learn. That's a great way to get fired. What? What does that have anything to do with keeping my job? I'm never going to advance in life if I'm unwilling to learn. Proverbs 23 verse 9 says, Don't waste your breath on fools, for they despise the wisest advice. Proverbs 18.2 in the International Children's Bible. A foolish person does not want to understand anything. He only enjoys telling others what he thinks. That one hits hard I, for me. I don't know if it hits hard for you guys. Um, Cassie is constantly talking to me about, you know, sometimes when you're telling stories, you start making it all about yourself. I go, oh. My wife is a beautiful woman who keeps me humble, and I'm grateful for that. But a foolish person does not 
want to understand anything. He only enjoys telling others what he thinks. Oh man, sometimes I'm the fool. Proverbs 12:15 says, "The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice." I have guys that work with me who after years of working with me still can't do their job unsupervised. <sighs> Cassie and I play this game with people when we talk about our jobs and we'll describe what happens at work and we'll ask them, are we talking about a 50 year old man or are we talking about a first grader? And you would be surprised how many times they get that wrong. Um, I, I've often asked my boss if we could hire my wife as a consultant to come in and teach the guys math. He goes, doesn't she teach first grade? I go, yeah, it would help a lot. Because when a guy hires in, and, and I knew nothing about my job when I hired in. I could not read blueprints. I, I mean, I knew how to read a tape measure, but I didn't know anything about calipers or micrometers. I didn't know anything about anything with this job. If you told me 16 gauge, I went, uh-huh, and I didn't know what that was. It's 060 thick, by the way. Um, or I didn't know the difference between stainless steel, regular steel, aluminum, AR plate. I didn't know all of that. And it's, I just said stuff. And some of you are like, what? Yeah, I was right there with you. I knew nothing about this job. But I was always good at math. And so I picked it up real quick. Um, we have a test that we give um, new employees before they hire on. And they're supposed to be able to pass this test. The quality of applicants that we have had lately, I have had one person in the last three years pass the test. So that's just that's that's the work pool. That's what I have to work with. So I under, automatically understand I have to teach people stuff when they come to work for me. I have to teach them math. I have to teach them how to use their tools. I have to show them all this, and that's fine. I am more than willing to teach. I'm more than willing to teach them all of this, all of these things. I have guys that have worked there for four years that can't set up a machine. They're unwilling to learn because I want stuff done. We're on overtime right now. I hate working 10 hour days and 118 degrees. I want to be off overtime so I can give them the job and I can wait three hours for them to figure it out. Or I can stand there with them and tell them what I'm doing as I'm doing it and show them what I'm doing and have the job set up in 15 minutes. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to teach them every time I do that. And whether or not it catches on, I don't know. But for us, for you, are you willing to learn? Are you willing to, to grow? Because if you want, if you want to keep your job, you have to grow. Some of you are like, no, I just got to do the same job every day. You're telling me you don't learn anything ever about anything. I'm not saying you have to learn new math. I'm not saying you have to learn a whole new position. But if I want to have my job, I have to be willing to learn. There's an attitude there. Not necessarily that you are learning, but that you have an attitude of learning. A, a student attitude. Employers, look at your attitude. And there are people that I enjoy working with that can't add two plus two. But I love working with them. They are a joy to work with. I have guys, I'm pretty sure a few of my guys can't read. But I enjoy working with them. And then I have some guys who are really good at their job. And I don't enjoy working with them. Do we have this attitude about ourselves that we're unwilling to learn? Because if we have that attitude, employers look at that and they're not going to want to keep you. There's a, There's a... The, the attitude creates a toxic environment. And employers don't want that in toxic environment. And I want to acknowledge something else here. I want to make sure this is abundantly clear. There is a difference between being unwilling to learn and unable to learn. There's a huge difference. Some of those guys that can't add two plus two are not able to learn the job. And those are the guys who work hard for me. I'm, I'm amazed at some of these guys. Again, I'm pretty sure a few of these guys can't read, and they're my hardest workers. I can show them how to do something, and they'll repeat my process, 
And it's amazing. We used to have this guy that worked with us strong as an ox. This dude was scary strong. But who's here seen Pinky in the Brain? He was definitely Pinky. Okay? Definitely Pinky. Loved working with this guy. Great guy. Dumb as a box of rocks. But you could show him how to do something, and he would repeat it. The one day, one of the welders was showing him how to weld these, uh, essentially cubes of a metal together. And he showed him how to weld it. And he showed him wrong. The welder screwed up. Two days later, the final inspector went back to look at him, and every single one of them was wrong in the same place that the original welder showed him how to do it. He repeated it step for step, exactly how the original guy did it. And they were all wrong. <laughs> and we couldn't even be mad at him because he did what he was shown exactly. And he did it faster than the original welder. I was like, I love this guy. We can cut these apart. It's fine. We'll fix them. But there are people who are unable to learn. And that's different than being unwilling to learn. I find people who are unable to learn but have a good work ethic, a good attitude, are more pleasant to work with than people who have a bad attitude and know it all. I'm just putting that out there. And, you're, and our employers see that. Our employers see that. So Proverbs has this, these great lessons for us. There's one more. There's one more that um, I'm going to step outside of Proverbs for, but I think it's important. To, uh, how do I fool around and get fired? Is Number five, I'd be entitled. Yeah, uh, there was this uh, survey taken a few years back, and it was talking about the millennial generation. And like, your employers talk to, talk about you. We we surveyed your employers, and we asked them to describe your generation. And and unanimously, they all came up with uh, one word that described your generation. It starts with an E. What do you think it was? And they were like, uh, excited, energetic. And they came up with all these E words and like, no, entitled. You all are entitled. And what that means is, is they expect something just because of who they are. They expect something. Um, I I've gotten to talk with people just since last week. I talked to a guy and he's like asking for a raise. He's like, I want a raise. Okay, what have you done to earn a raise? What do you mean? What have you done to earn a raise? I don't know what you're talking about. Why do you think you get a raise? Because it's been two years since I got a raise. Okay. You complain all the time. You walk away from your position all the time. I catch you talking all the time. You're slow all the time. You don't meet your quota. You leave early when we work overtime all the time. Uh, you want me to keep going? Well, yeah, but it's been two years. I should get a raise. <laughs> you haven't done anything different since the last raise. Well, yeah, but time. That's not how that works. You have to earn it. Every time I've had to ask for a raise, because there's been times in my life where I needed more money for something. I never just like, can I get a raise? That's not how I ask. I ask, hey, have I earned a raise? Because it's been a while since the last time I had one. What can I do different to get a raise? I don't walk up with the attitude like, I'm like, D, you should pay me for being here. That's a problem in, in the younger generations. I, I don't consider myself a millennial. I'm of that weird area of the generation where we came up with our own name. Do you guys know this name? It's called Zillennial. It's a group of the millennials that were born during the original Star Wars trilogy. We're also called the Oregon Trail generation because we played the Oregon Trail when it was new. And that section of the millennial generation hates the rest of it. If you were born up until 1987 or 1985, 1985, the rest of the millennial generation is stupid because we grew up when you came home at the streetlights still. We're that weird section of the generation that went from hardly no technology to all the technology. And we still learned how to play outside and we still learned how to do all this stuff. We still had to work. We still, I, I know like Levi, you're still cutting grass, right? Yeah, I cut grass all the time. And, and we, 
we don't like this other gener- this other part of our own generation because it's like two separate generations. I bring all that up because scripture talks about being entitled. And I said we're going to step outside of Proverbs. We're going to look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 10. And Paul's talking to the Thessalonians and he says, "Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat." You want to you want to eat? You got to work. You don't just get food because of who you are. But but I'm Jesus's. He's going to take care of me. You're right. He's going to take care of you. But he didn't. We weren't saved by our works, but we were saved for work. Does that make sense? I'm not saved by what I do, but I'm saved to do something for Jesus. I don't just get baptized and automatically go to heaven. There's work for me to do. And this whole morning, I've been talking about our work, our jobs, our workforce, but there's a kingdom of heaven that needs workers. There's a kingdom of heaven that requires work. All of us have something that God has designed us to do. All of us have a job in the kingdom. And just like... I could get fired from my job here on earth. God could find somebody else to do my job in the kingdom. I have been fired in the kingdom. Me. I've been fired. That was not a fun conversation, Alan. But you know what? God used that conversation. God used that moment. And helped me grow. I don't ever want to go through it again. I don't get a paycheck from the church. I don't want to get a paycheck from the church. God blesses me more than a paycheck. Because of the work that I do in the kingdom. Just like I talked earlier, I got to see Danny at camp many moons ago. I've gotten to see so many kids come up through the kingdom. And and as I was getting ready to move out of the youth ministry, I spent three weeks praying for them. Oh my gosh, just the memories that were flooding back. God, God has blessed us richly because of the work that we've done in his kingdom. I've gotten to see people grow up and love Jesus. I've gotten to see this church mature. I've gotten to see, yes, I've gotten to see people walk away. I've gotten to see the bad too, but the blessings far outweigh the bad stuff. God has blessed me richly. And as I have trusted God, as I have trusted God with the things he's given me, the people he has given me, the responsibility he's given me, I have been blessed richly. And I've been able to give back and give back and give back. And every time uh, I, I give back, God blesses me even more. This morning in um, one of my quiet times I do with uh, Richard and Nate, we were talking about trusting God with our stuff and how it's a real struggle. It's a real struggle because that's my money. That's the money I earned. And we have this special contribution coming up. I want to give as much as I can to the special contribution because of everything I've been given. One of the first special contributions I was ever able to help give in were the chairs. Cassie and I together were able to afford one chair together one chair now if i personally only gave enough money to buy one chair that is selfish because god has blessed me so much more now than when i was in that position then and it was a sacrifice like we fasted to give that one chair it was it was it was a ramen week for that one chair and i want to encourage you To look at your life, see where you are entitled. Because we all have that problem. It's not just the millennial generation. We all have that issue. Like, I, I have this problem in my head sometimes where I'm like, D, you should just, whatever the answer, whatever that is. And I have to check that at the door every day. I have to be like, okay, um, I worked 55 hours this week. I expect to come home 
to a clean house, a little bit of quiet, the thermostat set at 70, and the dog being well-behaved, and food on the table, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's, that'd be great. That ain't going to happen. I come home, thermostat set at 73, the dog's crazy, house is cluttered, and I got to cook. But that's okay. That's okay because there are other things happening. I have to check my entitlement at the door. In my job, I have to check my entitlement. We should be working hard for our employers because we bear the image of God. Um, you, do you all know what an icon is, right? The thing you click on your desktop. You know why it's called an icon? Because it represents something. It's an image bearer of the program you're going to click on. We are icons of God. We are image bearers of God. Um, earlier this year, Tim had me read part of a book, had a bunch of people read part of a book, and in, there's a line that has stuck with me. And it said, if it bears his name, it deserves my best. And that stuck with me. If it bears his name, it deserves my best. And can I tell you, yes, the things we do for the kingdom bear his name and they deserve our best. But if you're a Christian, you bear the name of Christ. You are an image bearer. And that means everything you do deserves your best. As Christians, we have nothing to be entitled about because we didn't do anything. It wasn't, we didn't pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. We didn't get up on the cross ourselves and die. It wasn't us. It was Jesus. The only person in the entire world that could have a sense of entitlement didn't. And I want to encourage you this week, as we go about our lives, as we go about our work, wherever you're working, I pray you're in air conditioning, that you're being called to something. In your job, in the opportunities God gives you, you're being called to something. You're being called to not be a fool. And this morning, we've only been talking about what it looks like to be a fool. Next week, instead of talking about how to fool around and get fired, we're going to talk about what it looks like to be a wise worker. And this week, think about yourself. Think about your life, where God has put you, and what he's calling you to. There are jobs to do in the kingdom. And we don't work for Tim. We don't work for Alan. We don't work for Gary. You don't work for me. You work for Jesus. And he's calling us to not be foolish with what he's given us. Next week, we're going to look at what it means to be wise. And I hope, I hope that today has been encouraging. I didn't want to just keep calling us all fools all day. I was calling myself a fool. Uh, but next week, we're going to look at what it means to be wise and how we can grow in our wisdom and how we can be workers for the kingdom and how we can be better image bearers of God. I hope this week you stay cool. I hope you're blessed. I hope God pours his love out on you this week so much that you have to share it. You have to share that love of God with the people around you and that you're blessed because of it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time and this place. Thank you so much for the people that are here that I call family. Thank you so much for your son, and all that he has done for us. Thank you for him not being entitled. Thank you for him taking our role and our place on the cross. Thank you for your word, specifically the book of Proverbs, Father, as we go through it. Thank you for the wisdom it tries to impart into us. I pray that we are all willing to learn, that we show up and do what we're supposed to be doing, whether that's in the kingdom or at work, Father, I pray blessing on this family in front of me, Father. Equip them and encourage them, Father. Help them to succeed in everything they do for you and help us to be the best image bearers we can be. Help us to give you our best and pick ourselves up when we fail. I love you, Father. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Mercy, mercy, Lord, your mercy is how 